Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. Today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. Now, it may seem as though we're advocating for the youngest generation to avoid schooling for good, and this is not the case, however. There is a time and place, like everything, and after our discussion, uh, I hope to give you a greater perspective on this. With it, we can actually combat some of the issues that come from the crime of the century. So, one of the things that uh, I've been working on, it's a, it's a book right now that there's no title on, but it's a draft, uh, working on editing it, is... Uh, Really, why there seems to be, and and we talked about this a little bit in the last series where we talked a little bit more about religion and faith and finding that peace that seems to always be missing. And not so much in line with that, but one of the things I think is very important, and it's very important to become principled. And that's a little different than just having values because people will in the context of being socially nice I think compromise their values a little bit uh, you know I remember I was uh, sitting on a plane and there's this guy next to me kid essentially probably even younger than I am you know 18 19 something like that and he's going on and on about how he sells his makeup things and he was obviously a, a homosexual and uh, was very proud of that and uh, you know, all I did was like, you know, kind of nod and was like, all right, you know, good, good for you, I guess. Um, though principally, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. I don't believe in uh, the homosexual gender or being, allowing uh, them to marry. I think it's a, a godly thing that we are sullying by allowing that. But in the, in the, I'm not going to just like, outright in the on this plane I'm stuck next to this guy for two hours I, I you know I'm not going to be uh, rude to him so the question to me said okay well we do have values but is there something we can stand on something that is larger than us and is there a difference between principle and value and then this will get into the topic of today and when it came to principles, I think those, and it might have been FDR who mentioned that, that as he was breaking the tradition that, you know, a president would step down after two terms, as was established with Washington, he said, well, you know, rules can be broken, principles cannot. And though in that context he was using it to justify why he wanted to, you know, become the supreme ruler of the United States, essentially, like his idol Stalin, um, in, it, it made me wonder when a country is established, for instance, what binds it together? And sure, there's a social order, but also social value, but you look at something like in the, in the 1400s where you had the French mainland and it was split up into all these little kingdoms and he had he had the French kingdom and it was this huge big thing but then you had 
uh, Provence, and you had uh, the Kingdom of Burgundy, and you had the Kingdom of Brittany, and you had, and, and there are still, these places still all have these different names in France, and they're all regions, but what leads to people to say, we are French? We are, I'm just throwing that one out there. We are Chinese, we are Russian, we are American, or nobody says they're in the United States, that's pretty silly, but um, you get my point. What makes people identify with their country? And immediately throughout, it can't be a leader. I mean, obviously people don't like Trump, people didn't like Obama, people didn't like Bush, people don't like Clinton, but it doesn't mean that they throw the baby out the, with the bathwater bath and say, we need a new country, this didn't work because that leader was bad. It came down to principle. And we talked about this a little bit in when we talked about potential and what is versus what could be. And the thing that supports what could be versus what is the potential and the frustration aspect, which is the in-between, is principle. So how do we develop principle? Well, that comes from an internal knowing of self, but also, which I would argue you can't necessarily find without a spiritual or religion aspect, otherwise you risk becoming indoctrinated. And so it comes from an internal knowing of self, but then also from an acute view of what could be. Which means that you take a view of, not a view, but you, you, you know what, what's around you. And we know that all things can be improved. Even the United States, which is the greatest country in the history of mankind, can still improve. So what would make it better? Well, we take these principles, and these are things that we don't compromise on, and that comes to, largely it seems, we can all agree that racism is bad. Okay, so social justice, and I'm not talking about you know the, the, the Twitter warriors that everything's an outrage and everything's this and that, but it's one of the reasons why the civil rights movement happened because separating people based on skin color into different busing locations and uh, drinking fountains and all the terrible, terrible stuff that happened, that's not right. And so something needed to be done about it. Therefore, we have the civil rights movement. Um, then you have in uh, uh, in the 1990s, you had the destigmatization, uh, uh, really destigmatizing um, interrelational, uh, interracial relationships. And, uh, you know, you have, so, so one of the things that we as Americans can, can agree on is justice. And we see that play out somewhat in, in, in society where um, you have laws enacted which prevent people, for example, in the finance industry who are being unscrupulous, a Bernie Madoff or, or someone who is trying to take money from people and not give any value from it, therefore stealing, uh, and they'll meet justice, they'll meet jail time. So one of the things that we can be, that we as a country are, are, are principled on, uh, therefore, is also uh, retribution, a feeling of being even. And not that they should stay there forever, obviously, but be re hopefully rehabilitated and able to come back into society. Now, uh, when it comes to personal principles, that's a little bit harder to develop because not only do you have a sense of self or need a sense of self 
but you also look through the lens of life with your personal experience. So if you grew up, for instance, in a, a, a rigid religious household and you rebel against that, well, you're going to look at anything that is religious as almost taking you back to that place in time where you lived in this rigid structure. And again, if you're rebelling against that, then, then you're going to have some sort of anger towards that, that faith. Um, coincidentally, I think if you live in some you know, hippie new age household and you rebelled against that, you may strive to be more like a, the rigid religious household. And I think that's where we get confused because who then can determine what principles are right, what, princi what principles are wrong? And I would argue, as I have before, that they run along the tracks of the biblical commandments. And we seem to have an internal knowing of morality and from birth know what's right and wrong. And all of this, I'm sure, might sound nice. Some of it may even sound confusing. Um, and if, it, if so, you know, kind of go back and, and, and work your way through this because it does take some thought. But what is this? None of this means anything if you're not getting paid. I mean, nothing, nothing really matters if you're not, if you don't have your needs met. And for all of the unfortunate things that have happened to sociology, one of the things that is great at, at, at teaching us is what needs to be done to have a healthy society. And one of the things is, hey, people's needs need to be met. So none of this means anything if we can't meet basic needs for general population. Well, if you are principled and valued, there are certain things that you're going to gravitate towards. Modern society and modern parlance will say, well, in order to enjoy your work, in order to enjoy your job, you need to align your work with your principles. So you need to do what makes you happy and do that job, the, the job that's closest to that. Well, I like history. I could write, you know, books on American church history. I don't think you like history. Well, American church history. So how many people would pay $20 for a 400-page book on American church history that's dry and starts in the 1616 and goes to 1900? I can't imagine it be that many people. Therefore, I'm not creating the value that I am supposed to be creating to create or generate any sort of income or wealth. So I think it's important to take a job for income, but that won't always sustain us. So if you go to college, if you go to school without really knowing your principles or your values and you just get a job after you go out of school, not only are you discontented, but you also have the debt that we've talked about. You also are behind the eight ball, therefore. You're going to be stuck rooming with somebody. You're going to be stuck in an apartment or you're going to not be able to get 
to the American dream, which is, you know, uh, a wife, two kids, a house, a dog, all of that stuff, and two cars, three squares, uh, square meals a day, all of that stuff, uh, it's going to be much harder to overcome with debt and a job that, that you don't like. Shouldn't you pick one or the other? And if you're going to pick one or the other, then you need to make sure that when you do go to school and you do take on that debt, you're in a job that you enjoy. So if you really want to be uh, a doctor, you know, some, maybe somebody, uh, you know, had some sort of awful uh, uh, cancer in your family and it affected you at a young age and you don't want anyone else to be affected by it and you say, I want to stop lung cancer. And you go uh, to college and you learn everything there is to learn about how the respiratory system works and, and the lungs and you, you go and you help cancer research and you make a bunch of money because people, you know, that's something that people will pay for. Great, fantastic. And not only that, you wouldn't have been able to get that job without the education. So the debt becomes, that's good debt. And the income you make from getting that job that you wouldn't have had without the debt pays for it. Now that's gone and you have this good income. That's great. That system works. But if you're saying, well, lawyers make a lot, I think I'll be a lawyer. And you go and you, you go to, um, I don't know, Mississippi Valley Technical University and get a law degree or something. I'm throwing out um, schools here. And then you go and you be a bartender or you go and you become a security guard, but you have a law degree. What did that debt at school get you? Because you could be a bartender uh, and unfortunately become a U.S. Senator or you can be, you know, you can be, but you can be a bartender without a college degree. You can, uh, you know, you can be a security guard without a college degree. You just need to know, you know, how to like swipe a card on a, on a little keypad. And that debt is therefore useless. It does nothing but hurt you. So I think it's important if you took one of those jobs, bartending, security guard, whatever, and then use the proceeds from that to pay for college to get to the point you really wanted to get to. Now you've serviced that debt. You have you don't have to take out the student loan, um, or you don't have to take out as much, and you have enough to pay. You know, start paying that down the debt as soon as possible, and now you have a job that you really want. So, with when we combine what we know, what we want to know about ourselves which will play a part in fulfilling our, ourselves, then we go from there and we do get the job that we want, that we like, that aligns with our principles and our beliefs, and we don't have that same debt, then that's when the whole system works together. And the reason, and, and the reason why it's part of the crime of the century is because we are told to skip all that and just go to school uh, uh, you know, here, here's where all the, 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 the successful people go. You're going to go and you're going to be successful because after that you'll get some office job that you don't like. You won't have any principles. You won't have any money and you won't have any happiness. And that's part of the crime of the century. Hey guys, I got my proof here for my new book, Smoke and Mirrors, A Financial Story. And it couldn't have come out at a better time. You know, the uh, Democratic Congress just met, and you know what? They're going to raise taxes up to 70%. Can you believe it? Well, tell you what, if you put money into any qualified plan that's tax deferred, 
at 20% and you take out at 70, you know who wins? That's right, the government and financial institutions, and maybe the banks too. So that's why in this book, I explain the mindset to break out of this conditioning and how the banks, financial institutions, and the government are all involved in taking your hard-earned money out of your pocket. Pick it up today on Amazon for $9.99 or go on my website, kevinprendeville.com. Get a free, that's right, free half-hour webinar with me explaining some of the concepts gone over in this book. And don't forget to check it out, all the other stuff on YouTube uh, at kevinprendeville.com.